Year 6, Day 311. One interesting thing about being here has been learning about Simitu from the staff. Sometimes we have a lot of idle time, which I spend asking the techs questions. I've always had my opinions about this place because of my past, but it's much different when you're in it. There are apparently some pretty screwed up politics going around, mostly surrounding the war. I never thought this would be a thing, but apparently, there are a lot of people who don't want it to end. And it's for the most disgusting reason imaginable. People have gotten really, really rich off of it. This place had problems before, but now it really has problems. Anyone in this city who has the misfortune of being poor is extremely poor. And the Jardejo Order has seized on that opportunity to turn people against the king. Ever since House Starbringer broke with the Order, it's gotten a lot worse. And the king has been keeping his family in a secret location outside of his city for safety. Here we are supposed to be worried about the Rao, but this dynamic seems a lot worse. I mean, we've been fighting the Rao for so long that it's hardly news anymore. Some people have started to question whether they even exist. I... I don't understand how people can just deny things that are so obvious. Even Jardejo is something completely different here. In Idrica, Jardejo is a way of life. But here in Simitu, it's something that instills this weird, intrinsic fear in people. They're more worried about themselves than anything. But it's not everybody. There are other people who don't want to look Jardejo in the eye at all. Like they somehow know better than everyone who has come before and just write off things that I've grown up with as truths as some kind of childish folklore. I get that some of it is really weird, but it's our past and hopefully our future and Jardejo is also a people. No one can deny that we exist. I wonder if the Rao have Jardejo. I've read that they aren't very different from us. That they used to have a homeworld, like Arcus, but left it behind. I mean, all people talk about in Idrica is this grand design. Who are we to assume that they aren't part of some grand design too? That these star makers, who made everything, would somehow leave them out? I find them more interesting than anything. But that seems like an unpopular approach. Even with True. He has all but said that he would have no remorse if they were all to die. Granted, some of that is based on some degree of foresight into what they could do to us, but the conversation seems to be off limits. To him, they're a task. On that topic, we've had some interesting conversations lately. I figured out that you can't really get him to talk about himself, but he will talk a lot about his work. A lot. <laughs> If I had a guess, most people are too afraid to show any kind of interest in what he actually thinks about stuff, but he's got a lot to say, and it's the easiest way to talk to him. Mostly forward-looking stuff, and that's where we find a lot of common ground. He doesn't focus on things that are small or immediate. His mind is always a few steps, <laughs> generations even, ahead. It's almost like he absolutely doesn't care what happens right now. How he feels, how we feel, if we live, if we die, none of it. It's all means to some far future end, which is why I guess he is the way he is. 
What I can't understand is why, then, bother with any of this? Is the Azuria that important that he'd willingly risk so much? <sighs> I guess if Lapidine has put enough faith in him to help him build this stuff, I can too. While I've got you, the folks at Pack Howl Media are officially gearing up for pre-production on Volume 2, which will complete the Idrica and New Regime story arcs that were introduced in Volume 1. The Kickstarter finally goes live at the end of August, and I hope you'll sign up via the link in our show notes to be notified when the campaign goes live. And please feel free to check out the original soundtrack on Spotify. It's the perfect thing to put on while you study or to inspire you while you write worlds of your own. You can visit tmocpod.com for links to all this stuff and more. That feeling when you hear someone call your name and you turn, but no one's there and a shiver runs down your spine. When something moves just out of vision and it sets in. Do you know that feeling? Good. It means you're paying attention. Micah Jones set out to record a podcast about her recurring nightmares. All she wanted was to finally get some sleep. Instead, unnerving coincidences began to pile up, and someone from her past resurfaced to recount a story that upended her world. I'm Micah Jones. My friends and I stumbled onto something much darker, something we were never meant to find out. My dreams aren't just dreams. They're memories. Warnings. I should have paid closer attention. The How It Ends podcast is no longer releasing in real time. We can't. It isn't safe. But if you're just finding us, start at the beginning. Thank you for listening. Find How It Ends wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there, citizen. You've lived in Guilt City for a while now. Maybe you've wondered when you wake in the morning and retrieve the letters tucked neatly into your postbox, just where your mail comes from. It comes from the night post, of course. Those faithful couriers deliver it while you're sleeping. All the better that they stay out of sight and keep the unseemly strangeness that follows them out of our city, in the skelter where it belongs. <coughs> if, for some reason, you'd like to know more about Guilt City's conscripted couriers and the burden that chose them, their secret hopes and fears, the ancient, untamed threats that hound them on their nocturnal journeys. You have only to listen. The Night Post is a queer supernatural audio drama, delivered weekly, in dead of night, to wherever you listen to podcasts. Find answers at nightpostpod.com.